Synth Electronic Music Show brought to you by the Coastal Electronauts here on the North Kent coast in Whitstable. My name is Peter Coy and I'm here with co-presenter Clive that's, Walpole. That's me. <laughs> Broadcasting from the Sonic Shed. Yes, yes, it's great to be in the Sonic Shed at last. Well, together for the second week, still partying this week, aren't we? We are, still in a party mood. We've still got all the balloons up from last week, so yeah. a bit of champagne left. It's gone flat though. <laughs> so yeah, we thought we'd carry on a bit with the... Uh, with our uh, celebrations and uh, we're starting off with a track from early track from uh, Daniel Miller of Mute and his, uh, his indie underground pop band Silicon Teens yeah I've, I've not actually come across them before but it's uh, yeah a brilliant sound yeah I remember Daniel Miller saying that he was relieved and John Peel really loved Silicon Teens didn't see it as a sort of pop thing and saw it as indie punk of, uh, you know. I think he had quite an open mind, didn't he, John Peel, things? Yeah. 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 So let's carry on, let's carry on the party with Let's Dance. Whee. Hey, baby, won't you take a chance? Say that you let me have this dance, so let's dance. Let's dance. We can twist the stuff and too. Any old dance that you want me to, let's dance. Let's dance. Hey, baby, will you thrill me so? Hold me tight, never let me go Let's dance Let's dance We do the twist and stuff And like potato too Any old band that you want me to Let's dance Let's Brilliant, that. I, I remember uh, having that by the, the Chris Montez version of that, the original. Yeah, yeah, that was a regular at the, my family parties, yeah. Christmas parties. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the yeah, brilliant Martin Ware podcast again last week, and Telex were on, uh, the Belgium electronic band from the 70s, and uh, they're about to release the box set of all their stuff. Oh, Some of right. it's remixed and that, but um, yeah, well, it's on Daniel Miller's Mute again. They were quite a groundbreaking band. They're a really nice band, and um, sort of, yeah, got that sort of... Uh, Airy feel about them as well, aren't they? Really. Well, one of the one of the first bands to use completely electronic synthesizers. Yeah. Most of the stuff was played live originally. Yeah. So before sequences and that. Um, they represented Belgium in the Eurovision. But this is another twisting track. Twist a Saint Tropez.
arrangements and the... It's brilliant, yeah, and I feel quite puffed out after that twist as well. Yeah, I got Stitch. Yeah. And what I realised listening to that uh, interview was that I, I hadn't heard, ever heard the early Human League, the pre-Human League, called The Future. And uh, yeah, so I had, had a little listen back to their album, found it online, and uh, they were, yeah, there's a lot more irony and it's a lot more rough. It feels, it really feels like they're, they're doing it on a four-track rather than their eight-track Human League stuff. Yeah, but, I love the sort of intro on that as well. It's sort mm. of quite <laughs> like a bit of humour there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, this is the track uh, from that first album, compilation album from the future, called Dance Like a Star. And I'm here to introduce this third demonstration tape by a great group of guys, the Human League. I first met the Human League when they appeared on my network TV show last year. Then, and a couple of times since that they've played a song for us, I was impressed that here was a bunch of lads who were doing something new and melodic in music when the majority of bands were just trying to shock people. song for all you big heads out there who think disco music is lower than the irrelevant musical gibberish and tired platitudes that you try to impress your parents with. We're the Human League, we're much cleverer than you, and this is called Dance Like a Star. Yeah, as the future. 
almost a little bit of uh, Louie and Bibi Barron there, wasn't there? In the oh, middle, in the background, yeah, yeah the sound. That sort of effects. I like that. But a lot of other punk ethic in there. Oh, yeah. A bit, yeah. Like, a bit ironic, trying to be a bit clever. Yeah, yeah, I like that. The anti anti guitar solo type thing, <laughs> but doing their own version of pop, really, aren't they? Like it, the... They are, they are. But uh, little, I mean, even at that time, early days, they had something going there, didn't they? Much more. Mm. Yeah. Oh, they had a, definitely had a sort of certain sensibility that's appealing. Yeah. And uh, part of the part of that Sheffield scene. Cabaret Voltaire and lots of other people, and yeah, it made me it made me interested in looking at that more. And I didn't realise that um, the next track, the All C and I, they're they're from Sheffield as well. They are. They're a Sheffield-based uh, band, and um, yeah, I heard this on. Uh, I think I heard it. So I didn't really know much about them at all. I heard them on um, uh, Six Music. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is um, from a brilliant album called um, Pickled Eggs and Sherbet, which I think is brilliant. Been there for, I love that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. From 99, yeah, so they've been going quite a while actually, yeah, Sherbert Base. Uh, Sherbert Base. <laughs> Sherbert Base. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm thinking of Sherbert now, I'm going, <laughs> going to uh, yeah, Sheffield Base, um, where uh, Sherbert was invented. No, yeah, uh, that's apparently, yeah. <laughs> and it's no mind it out of the, the um, steel, didn't they? Yeah, that's right, Sherbert Mines of uh, Sheffield. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, this is the all C and I, and uh, Beat goes on. Thank you. 
was actually, I was going to say that that the vocalist on there was Cathy uh, Rich, yeah. who was Buddy Rich's daughter, who was the original vocalist on the Sonny Bono version. Oh, really? Of that track. Oh, nice. I've just got my brain working again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, obviously using samplers a lot in that, but there's that lovely synth line on it. Yeah. Bom, bom, bom. Yeah, that's lovely. Actually. It's actually, there's a say that the um, on the Telex album that's been re-released, they, it's, um, there was an unreleased version of that track on starts off the album. Mm. A bit of a sort of slower, ironic version. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Great track. I could see them, um, yeah, playing that one as well, adapting to that. It's got a kind of, it's, well, it's probably 60s sort of vibe to it, isn't it? The, the actual sound was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, brilliant. Yeah. God, I'm exhausted of all this dancing. I know, I know. <laughs> I need to need a, need a sit down for a little while. Should we have a bit of a chill out? I think that'd be a good right. idea. Well, we've got a bit of white noise. David Warhouse. And yeah, yeah. This is from um, the, yeah the White Noise uh, album, uh, an electric storm. This is um, here come the fleas. Um, so they should have done a scratching version of that, shouldn't they? <laughs> Very good. Coincidence, I've got a track by Fad Gadget called Insecticide. No, oh, so we got we got a cure of the fleas here. Yeah, huh. this is an early early Fad Gadget track. He was uh, he was in well he's obviously on mute. He was one of the first people signed by Danny Miller. Now he was such a um, brand breaking act at the time. Like his performances, he was he was such a dangerous performer. He didn't know what he was going to do, what he was going to get up to, mm. hurt himself, hurt someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 
he died yeah. quite young, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. yeah fearless, completely fearless performer. Yeah, and uh, one of the sort of pioneers of the early electronic British electronic music scene. Yeah, he was. Well, he was. So anyway, this is a uh, insecticide at gadget. Dramatic, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't hold back, did he? Really? He didn't. He didn't. No. No, it's brilliant. I think it sounded like his voice was through the ARP twenty six hundred. Yeah, like, yeah. Probably using the um, uh, what was it called on there? The like, envelope follower. Yeah, and a, and a bit yeah. of LFO on the uh, on the, on the frequency. Yeah. Going back in, even further, we've got another piece by Fred Judd. Yeah. The um, pioneer Essex chap. Yeah, this is, um, uh, I think it's pronounced Voix Angelique, uh, uh, Fred Judd. This is from uh, Electronics Without Tears, uh, from, from the 60s, yeah. And he was a pioneer of uh, electronic music and uh, an inventor of one of the first synths as well. I mean, yeah. all these people were actually inventing synths and because they never went into production, 
they never actually got credited with mm. things like that. Same Daphne Oram, who made the Oramics. Yeah, well, that's machine. in the uh, Science Museum, isn't it? Yeah. Machine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fred Judd yeah. is more recognised these yeah. days. And be nice if someone did a module of an Oramics. There is one. Is there a module? Yeah, there's, well, there's no, actually, there's, no, so there's, there's there a software. App. There's an app. There's an app, but it'd be quite nice to do a, a module of it, I was thinking, and then yeah. using some sort of optical output in the. I'm sure there's a make noise or someone would do something. That's the sort of thing they'd go for, yeah. Yeah, but this is, uh, yeah, yeah, this is... We're uh, using the radiophonic techniques, uh, test oscillators, all that mm. kind of stuff. Yeah. It was very angelique, wasn't it? That it was. Bois. Yeah, it was quite um, sort of uh, yeah, ghostly in a way, wasn't it? Sort of mm. uh, yeah, you could Mixed, see that mixture of a sort of uh, theremin-y type uh, mm. synth on there as well, wasn't it? It did have that sort of theremin sound as well, yeah. Mm. Which was, you know, you, I don't know how much with the with the test oscillators, whether how you could vary them, whether mm. you had to vary them by hand, or whether they had some sort of control. Oh, yeah. The big dial. Yeah, yeah, it was good that. Yeah. So we carry on on your series of uh, Mort Garson's Mother Earth oh, Plantasia album. Yeah, yeah we're up, we're up to track nine now on the uh, on my featured album. Yeah, mm -hmm. with, with Mort, and this is um, a mellow mood 
for maidenhair uh, from 1976. So another planty mm. trip in, down the uh, electronic music world. Just, I just heard that uh, the G7 meeting is they're putting more money into fossil fuels again and you know not looking after the planet again. Well, I, hope I we think have. it was going to go that way because it's driven by uh, probably the wrong sort of politics. Mm. Everyone listen to this album. Well, it should do. This is why I thought I'd put this album on because it might change the you know, opinions of world leaders. Well, let's hope they're listening. I hope so. relax a bit chill out and listen to that music yeah listen to the blackbirds singing and have a word with themselves I think they should mm. yeah there's a bit of a bit of a movement um, that include Polly Paws and uh, Warrington Runcorn uh, yeah I'll bring that yeah I love <laughs> and, uh, that another chap called uh, Field Lines Cartographer they seem to be forming and be in the same group he uses um, a bit of field recordings with his modular electronics and synthesizers found a track off his formic kingdom album it was out last year i think and this is called crystalline structures
photographer who is Mark Burford and uh, is very inspired by the landscape similar to I mean it sort of relates to the last track in the way well yeah beautiful ambience there and it really did yeah it, yeah, it gives that sort of feel of nature doesn't it when you hear yeah. that sort of thing yeah it's a really yeah. lovely sound that yeah some great tracks yeah. I do love ambient yeah inspired by the early sort of mute stuff I just uh, just looked up Vince Clark the other day and he realised that he's done some albums on his own some instrumentals which are, are not fantastic without a without a uh, vocalist it's always that that's that sort of juxtaposition of his of the passionate vocals with his sort of dry yeah, yeah. electronics but um yeah there's some yeah, some good stuff on there and i found this track from his deep tronica album that was out a few years back called dark matter ah they're finding a lot of stuff out about that now dark matter oh yeah it's, it's more than we thought a lot more about yeah yeah i found some in my garden the other day but i think that was uh, i think that was my dog <laughs> That vibe, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. The beginning yeah. of a film, wasn't it? A bit of ambience and then a bit, a bit of the beat as well. Yeah, like the build-up. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. I like that. Well, well, I always like Vince Clark stuff. Yeah, I've got a little story about him, but I won't relate to it now. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to tell it next time. Yeah. Give it, give it a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
well, I'm going back to 1981 again. To um, it's it's because um, Simon Simon Monday off the it was the Council Election Arts member. He asked us why we haven't played any DAF. We have played some DAF. Uh, yeah, we did play some DAF. Yeah, yeah we haven't um, played any Crystal House, which I'll, I'll find out. I'll find some ones and uh, mm. maybe someone can send us some suggestions. And I'm thinking we could do a maybe we could do like a 1981 special. There's a lot going on that year. That would be good. There's so much stuff there. Yeah, yeah. interesting. This is a, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I've got a track from the uh, Gold und Liebe album Deutsches Amerikanus Freundschaft this one's called Was seist du an heute Nacht what you wearing tonight oh that's very nice of you to ask probably just quite casual Okay. 
thousands of records in Germany, apparently. They were, really? I mean, I, they were quite underground here, but they were massive up there. And, yeah, fantastic band. And this last year, obviously, Gabby Delgado died last year. Really? Oh. I did know of them, but I never got into them like with other German bands. I mean, obviously, you had the, the, all, all the... Um, rock stuff and that, you know. But this was part on, of the. This mm. was to me. It was part of the synth pop stuff. But this was synth pop, yeah, yeah. Late seventies and early eighties, and yeah, part of that scene where I got into them. Never saw them live. No. But, um, but uh, yeah, a brilliant band, and uh, we we feature more. We do it when we do I our think, special. I think we should. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That era. Yeah. So moving forward a bit to the nineties, we got to uh, meet Beat Manifesto next. Yeah, yeah. This this is. Uh, from from the uh, Moog documentary uh, compilation album, and it's got a really big range of um, bands on there uh, uh, that I've sort of discovered because of it. Really, uh, that, that all contributed to the to the um, documentary. And this is Meat Beat Manifesto. They're a, a band based in in Swindon, uh, uh, the Swindon Sound, I suppose you call it. Mm -hmm. yeah, but uh, that is his one. But uh, yeah, yeah, they're a, a duo, Jack uh, Dangers uh, and Johnny Stevens, uh, from uh, 87 these were, mm. and uh, this uh, has got, um, well, what I've got actually, Unavailable Memory, the uh, name of this track, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, sort of, uh, yeah, it's got, got, a, it's got its own sound, sort of a bit techno, I think, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a techno sound, yeah, nice.
crypto. It's that sort of um, that era of breakbeat and dub coming in, wasn't it? From... Yeah, apparently they influenced a lot of bands. Nine Inch Nails was one of the bands that yeah. influenced as well. Yeah, but they're um, yeah, I love that. That was the nice plucky sounds as well on that. Like yeah, that. a bit of acid acid grown in there as well. Yeah, it's really good. I remember when I was signed to Alma Records as Shake Navigator, the A and R bloke gave me a meat beat the best album to listen to. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I thought we were, I thought I was similar, doing something similar to me. Oh. Yeah, mm. really. That was really yeah. nice, yeah, yeah. What, what have you got here then? What's this one you brought in? Well, a bit of, bit of prog rock. Pardon? Would you? <laughs> <laughs> prog rock, yeah. It's, it's unusual for me. Yeah. Prog rock. This is from, uh, yeah, Tony Banks, and uh, from a the double album, which is never, never really rated very highly, but I always liked the double album. That lamb lies down brought by. And uh, this is from, uh, this is uh, Right in the Scree. Yeah. This is part of it. His whole album is a kind of concept album story about a guy mm. called Whale. And this is, uh, yeah, called Right in the Scree. And it's done on a, it's just an instrumental piece on Pro Soloist and, uh, and an ARP 2600. Oh. So two plastic synths together there. Oh, dear, I'm getting ARP 2600. Oh, oh no, uh, yearnings. It is <laughs> it's a lovely scent. Mm.
there wasn't any singing on it, but he, <laughs> he popped up on that, didn't he? A little bit, yeah, he did a little bit of uh, a lyric there, but mostly mostly solo by Tony Banks there and uh, Phil Collins on drums. All these prog rock bands, they had all the big expensive synths and, and a lot of the sort of punks and the synth pop people, they, they went against that in a way, and they're getting the cheap mono synths that they built or bought oh, an yeah, HP. Oh, yeah, built their own kit or, yeah, that was it, yeah. Well, I mean, prog rock was sort of big money stuff. I mean, the famous uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer, they had a, a track each, you know, had a, yeah. <laughs> an yeah. Arctic each with... That's what they reacted against in a way, wasn't it? Yeah. If it wasn't yeah. for them, it wouldn't be all that. Yeah. I think stuff. it was a, like a tongue-in-cheek thing sort of thing, you know. Yeah, it's something, it something to yeah. kick against such. Yeah. And, yeah. uh... Well, our last uh, banger track tonight. I mean, this is Eurythmics track. They uh, they used sort of cheap mono synths and and they used an eight track and recorded it in their bedroom with a yeah. apparently um, Annie Lennox. Yeah, she just used an SM58. It is a home recording. Yeah, it was a massive, but massive hit. It's got that sound, and it's, I'm surprised I'm, I'm not actually played it early on on one of the shows really. But uh, I do love the Eurythmics and. Uh, yeah, this apparently's got the bass line in it is an SH-101 as well. Yeah. Sort of, they, they, they got some, they borrowed some money to buy a gear, which I quite <laughs> like that, that you borrow money to get some stuff together to get a band going. And they did all right after that, didn't they? But, yeah, they didn't do badly, did they? <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, yeah, Sweet Dreams. Sweet dreams are made of these Who am I to disagree?
classic that, isn't it? Oh, that's absolutely brilliant. I could never get bored with listening to that. That's so nice. Like Telex used an 8-track and all of them, the Human League used an 8-track and, and the Rhythmics too. And it seems to be like the restrictions of, of that amount of tracks available makes you um, arrange the, the track better. It is going that way, isn't it? Again, as well, people are taking up sort of analogue from start to finish, you know, the actual recording as well. But I mean, with, with computers, you've sort of got endless, unlimited uh, tracks available. Just having, having eight makes you um, more considered with the arrangement. Yeah, yeah. A bit like a drawing where you have the economy of line. Yeah, exactly. It? Yeah. You just get yeah. straight to the point and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, brilliant. That was so nice. Um, yeah, thanks again for listening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listening, uh, well, join us on Facebook. And, yeah, uh, and on yeah. Facebook and Twitter, yeah. Yeah, and keep the chat going. And uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah, yeah, so bye-bye. Bye.